So during the week there, I got a new pair of glasses, and uh, I've been getting used to them for the last three or four days, so I can now see you all clearly. And one of the things that struck me as uh, you try on the new pair of glasses, and the person, the optician who's helping you, gave me a little laminated card, and on the laminated card there were lots of different sizes of text, and I was asked to sort of read as much as I could or the, on the smaller text and stuff. And uh, cleverly what they'd done is the sentences were, weren't just random sentences. They were actually sentences which were about eye health and about how important it is to get your eyes tested regularly. And one of the little phrases stood out for me, not because I could now read it, but actually because of what it said. 80% of our memories are visual images. So in terms of the things that we remember, the things that shape our lives, only 20% of them are to do with touch, taste, smell, and what we hear. 80% of what we actually remember comes through our eyes. So it got me thinking how important it is about what we do rather than what we say. This morning, James and Lisa are seeking that Seth will, will have their legacy of Christian faith, that what they believe will be passed to Seth. And similarly, for Johnny and Jill, their hope and prayer is that their legacy of faith will become Robin's legacy of faith. And for Philip, no doubt, he's hoping that family and friends and others who have gathered here today, uh, that we, as those who are gathered, will be influenced, will be, will witness his public expression of faith in Jesus Christ. So much of today is about our legacy. This morning is about legacy. It's about people passing on a legacy of faith. And so those who are parents this morning said, we're going to pray for these children. We're going to tell them about Jesus. We're going to pray with these children, and we're going to show them what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And what we say and what we read are really important. I think it's extremely important that with our children, we read the Bible every day. We pray with them every day. I would recommend every morning and every evening, perhaps at uh, getting up time at the edge of the bed, going to to bed at the edge of the bed, mealtimes, giving thanks to God. It is important as to what we read and what we pray. But you know the thing, according to the opticians, that will actually impact our children and those around us more than anything else. It's not what we say, it's what we do. It's them seeing us pray. It's them seeing us come to church. It's them seeing us respond with forgiveness whenever our patience is tried. It's them seeing us stay calm under pressure. 
It's about them seeing how we respond whenever we encounter poverty and people in need. What do we actually do? Do they see us do what it means to follow Jesus Christ? In our reading today from Acts chapter 10, a a book in the New Testament written by Luke, who wrote uh, Luke's gospel as well, we hear about the life of Peter, someone who was an eyewitness to Jesus Christ's life. And the reason why we're all here today is because of his legacy, the legacy of Jesus Christ. And Peter was an eyewitness to that. And it's really interesting that whenever he had an opportunity to stand in the midst of a Roman villa owned by Cornelius, this Roman centurion, and he described in a few sentences the life of Jesus, he didn't say one thing about what Jesus had ever said. But he described what Jesus did. And he summed up his life like this. Jesus Christ from Nazareth who went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. That's all he says of his life. And then he describes the fact that Jesus Christ died and then he saw him alive again. He described himself as a witness and Peter's life from the moment of meeting meeting Jesus onwards was entirely shaped by what he saw in the life of Jesus Christ. And so he described himself as a witness to the life of Jesus, to the death of Jesus, and seeing a dead man raised to life. And the reason why he ended up in that house of the Roman centurion Cornelius was again because of what he saw. He had a vision from heaven telling him to go with some men to Cornelius' house. Cornelius too had had a vision telling him to, to ask that Peter, Simon Peter, would come to his house to speak. And I imagine those visions, those profound spiritual experiences were etched in their minds. Sometimes in our lives we've perhaps had a, a really vivid and profound dream that we just, we know that there's some meaning in, or, or perhaps we do have an encounter when we're awake, or hear something when we're awake, or sense heaven on earth when we're awake, and we don't forget those moments, particularly if there's a visual aspect to them. But I imagine that one of the things that really was, was left in the mind's eye of people as they left Cornelius' house that day was the sight, first of all, of this humble fisherman, probably dressed in a big one-piece brown woolen cloak, in the midst of all the Roman finery, probably dressed in their togas. This simple fisherman came and stood among them and just simply told them about what he'd seen in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then, as he was speaking, something amazing happened. It was like heaven opened and the presence of God came down. And it was just, it was like the day of Pentecost, but this time for the Gentiles. The day of Pentecost, there was a a sound like the rushing of a violent wind that came from heaven, filled the whole house. There was what seemed to be fire, tongues of flame, like like a picture, a symbol of flame above everyone who was gathered in the upper room, 120 people on the day of Pentecost. 
And then they, they started to speak in tongues and languages they'd never learned. And they started to praise God, and they flooded out onto the streets, and people were, were caught up. 3,000 people were baptized that day. And in Cornelius' house, the whole household and friends were baptized. Men, women, young and old, probably some free, probably some slaves who were standing in attendance. The Spirit of God came down. And I imagine the sight of people overwhelmed with the presence of God and praising God and speaking in these strange tongues and languages would have been something that would have stuck in the minds of the children and, and youths and adults that day. But isn't it amazing that even in the midst of all that, Simon turns around and he says to them all, these people have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So how, how can we not baptize them in water? In a way, it sort of seems a strange thing to say that in the midst of this amazingly profound spiritual experience, when people just sense they are in the midst of heaven, in the, in the presence of God, so close they could, they could touch Him. And Peter says, let's baptize everyone in water. And why does he say that? Because we are spiritual beings encased in flesh. Because matter matters. Because God created this world and flesh and blood, and he declared that it was a good thing. And Jesus Christ himself, God, actually became flesh. To redeem, to recreate, to remind us that God's creation is a good creation. That the design of our bodies in this world, God created good. They are good things. And so what happens physically is just as important. It's all part of God's good creation. And so we follow the example of Jesus, and we follow the command of Jesus, and we baptize. And it's interesting to know that no one baptizes themselves. Have you noticed that? Every Christian is baptized by somebody else. Because baptism, and although over the centuries we've often missed this point, baptism is not about what we have done or what we do, or even about how we baptize, or how much water we use, or what age the person is. Or who does the baptizing? It's not about any of those things. It's about the generosity of God shown to us in Jesus Christ. Baptism is about celebrating how good God is to us. It's about celebrating the fact that He loves us because He loves us because He loves us. So we're always baptized by somebody else because it's always about the grace of God. That's what baptism is all about. And really, there, there are sort of three elements to, to baptism. And one is the fact that I'm going to use a visual aid because I realize during the week that you will forget probably 80% of what I say, but you may remember something of what I do. So, imagine we're the sponge. Jesus Christ is the water. Baptism ultimately, primarily, is about the fact that we are baptized into Christ. In Cornelius' household, 
They were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Today we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, recognizing our understanding growing over the decades and centuries that God is three in one. Baptism is about us being in Christ. Jesus Christ, who is the loved, beloved Son of God, He is accepted by the Father, He is loved by the Father, He is cherished by the Father, and we are baptized into Christ because we too are accepted by the Father. We are beloved by the Father. And baptism is a celebration of the fact that we in Christ are in the only safe place there is to be. Everything else will pass away. There is only one thing, one person who will endure, and his name is Jesus Christ. And we are baptized into Jesus Christ. It's also about being forgiven. It's about washing and cleansing. The packaging on the outside of this sponge said that it was going to help me if I ever did wash my car. It was going to help me to wash off all the dirt and grime. And it's about washing. It's about the fact that in Christ we can have a clear conscience. We can have all the spiritual grime and dirt and guilty conscience washed away. He deals with the guilt and shame of our lives. Guilt to do with what we've done. Shame to do with the guilt of who we think we are. It's about being washed clean with the fresh water that God gives us by His Spirit. And thirdly, it's also about the fact that not only is the sponge in the water, but also the water is now in the sponge. It's about receiving the Holy Spirit. It's about living in the presence of God. It's about increasingly becoming aware of the presence of God in our lives. That's why it's, it's important to worship and to read the Bible and to pray and, and to pass on the Christian faith by who we are and what we do as well as what we teach and what we say. So today, you may be someone who has been baptized, perhaps as an adult, perhaps as an infant. I want to encourage you to live out the Christian life in ways where other people can see externally what is in the inside of you in your faith. It could be you've never been baptized. I'd love the opportunity to talk to you about that. I'd love on Palm Sunday here in April to have another service of baptism on the 14th of April and to baptize you in the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It could be today that you're sensing that you want to respond to being aware of the presence of God here today or, or in these last weeks or months. It could be you've come today with a, with a need or a heaviness, perhaps emotional or mental or physical. I want to encourage you, ask God in the midst of this service to bless you and to heal you because He's a generous God. Afterwards, as a prayer team will be over here, they would love to pray with you, just even to come forward and say, please pray for you. You don't have to say what it's about even, just, just come and ask for prayer. We have seen God heal people physically, emotionally, mentally, relationally. God is a generous and good God. I just want to encourage you to ask Him to show His goodness to you in your life. Perhaps you were baptized as an infant, 
but you've never had the opportunity to stand publicly and complete that baptism by declaring your faith. So in, in May, we have a service of confirmation where we have an opportunity to confirm what happened whenever parents stood with us when we were a baby and declared Christian faith. There's an opportunity for you to declare your faith publicly, to complete that baptism by declaring your Christian faith. Baptism is only ever done once in our lives. And that's because Jesus Christ died once for all. His death on the cross can never be repeated. It doesn't need to be repeated. And that's why baptism is never repeated. Because Jesus Christ died once. And he died once for all. And he died for you and he died for me. And he is alive today and he invites us to get caught up in the river of what he's doing in the history of the world. He's making all things new. He has begun. He has, he has pressed the restart button of creation. He's shown that by the fact that he was dead and now he's alive. And that I have met him by his Holy Spirit and so many people here have. And he will come again to bring everything to completion. And baptism is the opportunity, it's the sign in our lives of saying, I want to be part of that restart. I want to be part of that new story. I want to be part of the moment whenever human beings who trust in Jesus Christ will stand on the earth and he will come again and he will make everything new. And there'll be no more tears and no more mourning and there'll be no more death. Because the old order of things that we experience now will be gone. And everything will be made new. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your love, of generosity, of grace. We thank you for the opportunity as those who are spiritual beings in flesh and blood. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to experience through baptism in water and the presence of your Holy Spirit what it means to be made new, to leave the old rubbish of our lives behind and embrace a new thing that you're doing, to have a clear conscience, to have a new start, to experience your love every day. Lord, bless those who are baptized today. Bless their families. Bless all of those who have been baptized that they may live out a legacy of faith that other people can see. And Lord, catch us all up in what you're doing through baptism, through faith, through turning away from the old to the new thing and by living in the presence, your holy presence, your wonderful presence through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.